Welcome to the Big Tilt, the divisional round. We've got a nice four-game slate shaping up for everyone. How's it going? I'm Josh Larkey, the Director of Analytics at PlayerProfiler.com and Roto Underworld, and you can find me on Twitter at JLarkeyTweets or on TikTok at JLarkeyTikToks. We're trying the TikTok growth exceptionally slow, unbelievably slow. Had it for a couple months. We're we're almost at 300 followers, but that's not what's important. The journey is important. And before we dive into this four-game DFS slate, uh, as you probably know by now, we are sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. And let me tell you, I've been drafting a lot on Underdog the past couple weeks. Right now, what they have is they have the Gauntlet Returns, $25, and then they have the Mitten Returns again, because the Mitten Returns filled up and they put in the Mitten Returns again. So Gauntlet Returns, $25, Mitten Returns again, $5. NFL playoff best ball, the scoring begins this week, so it's rounds two, three, and four of the playoffs, and if you're new to it, the basic strategy, I would try and stack up one quarterback with three to four skill players from that team, and then try to have two to four guys from one to two other teams in the other conference. So maybe you have Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Singletary, and Dawson Knox, and then... On the Rams, you have Akers, OBJ, and Higby. Something like that. Like, that's kind of what you're building. So in that case, you're building towards the the Buffalo Rams Super Bowl. Those are the types of things I would do. The one big mistake that I see people make is I would not stack up a game from this round. I know some people are like, oh, you just want to advance. If you advance in these tournaments, you basically get your money back. If you actually want the big payouts, you have to do more than just advance one round. So I would not recommend like a Tampa Bay Rams stack where you're like uh, Brady with Akers and Gronk and Fournette and Evans and OBJ or Cup. You don't really want that because no matter what, you're losing half your team after this round. Very little money in getting out of round two. Most of the money is getting out of round three and then doing something in round four. So stuff to keep in mind, underdog fantasy, promo code underworld. If you're new, sign up with promo code underworld, your first Deposit up to $100 will be fully matched. Put in 50, Underdog gives you another 50 with the promo code UNDERWORLD. Put in up to 100, Underdog throws in another 100. Not bad. Now, uh, someone asked my Underdog picture up on the site. No, but if you're listening in the podcast version, there's a decent chance that in a few hours when this is in podcast form, yes, the picks should be up by then. I posted something on Twitter, at tweets yesterday, and... It was a correlated pick So far, the I think the best game that I've seen in terms of the lines Underdog gave you and a good game flow to expect is if you do a pick five on Underdog, it's 20x your money if it hits. And what I did was the Jimmy Garoppolo pass yards under, the Mitchell rush yards under, or the rush yards over. We'll get to that game shortly and why I like that. So Jimmy under, Mitchell over, and then Rodgers, Lazard, and Adams all over for their passing and receiving yards. Lazard's line right now is 38 and a half receiving yards. That at this point, the more I think about it, that might be my favorite line. You can also use the free line. So Underdog gave you Debo plus or minus one receiving yards. So if you want to use that in a correlated pick'em at some point, go ahead. That's free money. So like take out one of those five lines that I mentioned and throw in the Debo over one receiving yard. Make that uh, correlated pick five a much greater chance than one in twenty of hitting. And getting 20x your money. So yeah, what I like about Lazard is MVS probably not going to play. Cobb, he's returning from injury. San Fran, good run D. So like pretty hard not to see uh, the key to success for the Packers being passing the ball. So there you go. That's a nice little correlated pick them. 
I'll throw out my individual ones later on today. Now, we've got this four-game DFS slate for the divisional round. How are you going to get different? You can look and you'll see, wow, oh my goodness, literally every single good player is going to be on 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% of rosters. It's because it's a four-game slate. So how do you get different if you're on DraftKings or FanDuel or Yahoo, SuperDraft, any of these platforms? The way to get different, extra aggressive stacking. And I know it can be uncomfortable to have so many players from one team in your lineup. I will be exclusively double and triple stacking this week. I think that's how you're going to get different. I did the the six game slate on FanDuel this past week and I did really well in their tournament. I had entries that got second, sixth, and ninth. So three top 10 finishes in that FanDuel tournament and all of them were double stacks. Two of them that hit were Mahomes double stacks and then the third one that hit was a Josh Allen double stack. You got a double stack and that was on FanDuel where it's half PPR. So it's actually a little harder to get your players as correlated because when a quarterback throws the ball to the receiver, the receiver gets half a point, whereas DraftKings, they get a full point for catching it. So already we've got less correlation on FanDuel and still the double stacks were hitting. It's because it's a small slate. I mean, think about it, there's four games. Is there the potential that one of these games has 60, 70, 80 points scored? And then the other three games are like 21 to 17? Absolutely. In which case... You probably wanted maybe, I don't know, like a triple stack with a double run back. You're going to want some pretty crazy things, most likely, if you want to take down a tournament the easy way. The hard way to take down a tournament is just to be like, oh, like boop, 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 random player, random player, random player, random player. Those are the touchdowns. Much easier to say, hey, I like this game and pretty good chance one of these games is by far and away better than the three others. So I would just double and triple stack these games and know that that process is much more likely to lead to a win in a high-scoring lineup than thinking that you're the all-knowing person who knows exactly who's scoring the touchdowns in a given week. So six-game slate last week. Now it's a four-game slate this this week. That's basically like it's 50% smaller. This is a tiny slate. We're going to get into it. So the first game, Cincinnati at Tennessee, Bengals at Titans, 47.5 point game total. Tennessee's favored by 3.5. I think I would probably lean on the the minus three and a half for Tennessee. Tennessee is a pretty good team and they're getting Henry back. Think about what they've done this year to get the one seed and all the teams they've beaten considering like they didn't have Henry for a while. They didn't have Julio for most of the year. It seemed uh, AJ Brown was in and out of the lineup. Pretty crazy that their offense uh, didn't totally fall apart and they were scoring enough points to win games. I think Tennessee is ultimately the better all around team. The implied team totals based on that game total would be Tennessee 25 and a half points. And the Bengals, uh, 22 points. So there's no, actually, this game's nice. There's no major injuries to worry about. Very simple and straightforward in that way. Derrick Henry, supposedly a full go. I have Henry projected just over 20 carries in this game with six, seven carries for Deonta Foreman. And because there's only eight starting running backs this week with eight teams, there's a pretty decent chance. Like, I know he's coming off injury, but Derrick Henry, like, very well could be the guy that you need in your lineups this week. He's only 7,500 on DraftKings, so that's a really good price. The pricing is actually pretty flat on both sides. Like, no one's too expensive anywhere. And then Henry's more expensive, obviously, on FanDuel. Quite a bit more expensive. 9,000 on FanDuel, though. I still don't think that's price prohibitive given only a four-game slate. If Henry gets two or three touchdowns, like, you, you need Henry in your lineup this week. And it's not like the Bengals run defense is a world beater. So 
Uh, I think the the big thing to look out for in this one that, that, that I noticed was this year the, the Bengals had the third most fantasy points as a wide receiver group with Burrow, Chase, Higgins, and Tennessee allowed... Oh, Burrow, Chase, oh, Chase Higgins, Boyd. Sorry, I don't like Bur- Burrow's not a receiver. Chase, Higgins, Boyd, receivers. And then Tennessee allows the second most fantasy points to receivers this year. So that's good for the Bengals receivers. Yes, the Titans started to play better in the second half of the season. However, something to look out for. We're trying to cling to anything. And I would say that probably the best matchup in this game overall would be this Bengals pass attack against the Titans pass defense. So I ultimately think Titans probably win this one, but... I think that that Burrow's a really, really strong quarterback to be stacking because if this game gets out of hand, it's probably because uh, Henry's running all over them and then Joe Burrow is throwing the ball 40 times in comeback mode. So I think that my favorite way to play this game would be Burrow, double or triple stacks, mixing in Mixon, Chase Higgins primarily in my doubles, and then a little bit of Boyd, a little bit of CJ Uzama. And then I think the runbacks are pretty obvious. Like the, the two premium runbacks, you want Henry or A.J. Brown or even both. Remember, four-game slate, we can go heavy on the stacking. So by all means, like you could go Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Henry, A.J. Brown. And that's A-OK. If you can fit that in, go for it. With Tannehill, if I'm stacking him, I think Henry's a pretty good stacking partner with Tannehill. And the idea is that if for some reason Tannehill is in the optimal lineup, good chance Henry's also hitting We've just seen so many games over the last uh, two and a half years where both Henry and Tannehill have a ceiling performance and they both have 25 to 30 fantasy points. So I kind of like the idea of going Tannehill with two of Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio, leaning even more heavily on Henry and A.J. Brown specifically. I think you can mix in a little Ferkser. Ferkser's 3,100 DraftKings, 5,200 FanDuel. Prefer Ferkser on DraftKings, just so cheap there. And then you can mix in Nick Westbrook Keen if you want, I guess. I don't know. I, I have very little interest in a lot of these like auxiliary Titans options. I think it's basically just pick two out of Henry, AJ Brown, Julio for the most part. Don't overthink it, but going to be stacking more Burrow than Tannehill in this one. And uh, if you look at like DVOA, neither defense is really all that good or bad by the advanced real football metrics. So there's not too much to exploit in that sense. I think... If there was a, a star that fails in this game, it sucks, but I would have to go with a second week in a row for Higgins. And the reason that if I had to pick someone to just totally flop and get you sub five fantasy points, it would be Higgins is because he's a pretty high dot receiver. We saw Chase with a pretty high dot this year, but we also know that Chase, they're a lot more willing to have him work underneath, get some carries, get some short passes, stuff like that. Higgins much more of a deep threat. Titans pass rush is decent, pretty decent. Bengals offensive line, not great. So there's a mismatch there. Burrow doesn't have a lot of time to throw. That means Higgins less time to get open on his deeper routes. And it could be a quiet day for him. So I'm not fading Higgins, but if you're like, Josh, go to your head, which uh, big name fails in this game? I'd probably just go, ah, Higgins again. Oh, one other note. Oh, oh, almost forgot this. AJ Brown, my goodness. AJ Brown is 6,200 on DraftKings. He's 7,600 on FanDuel, so normally priced there, but 6,200 on DraftKings for A.J. Brown. We know the guy can get you 30 to 40 fantasy points, so he's a very good candidate to break the slate. So I like A.J. Brown a lot, even if I don't love the Tannehill stacks necessarily. I mean, think back to like that that Niners-Titans game on Thursday Night Football a few weeks ago, where Tannehill basically does nothing, and like 67, 70% of his yardage 
goes to A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown has over 30 fantasy points, even though Tannehill has like 12. So could very easily see that happening. We've got Ahan in the chat. He said, picking the right Titans tight end this season is a documentary in itself. Yeah, I think at this point, I'd probably go Ferkser. Swaim is just... So Swaim's been getting some targets, but they're just... He's not doing anything with them. He's getting like a few targets with like six, seven, eight receiving yards. There's just not as much DFS viability, whereas Ferkser could realistically get you 40, 50 receiving yards and a touchdown. I believe Pruitt is still out. I think we're going to live Google this to confirm. I'm pretty sure McCole Pruitt will not be playing because he had a serious ankle injury. Yeah, he's on injured reserve. He's he's done. I was going to say, I, I could have sworn he broke his ankle. So at this point, at least we're down to two tight ends in terms of knowing what's happening in fantasy. And I'm much more confident if a Titans tight end hits that it'd be Ferkser. The next game, we've got San Francisco at Green Bay, Niners at Packers. 47-point game total, 5.5-point favorites are the Packers at home. The implied point totals would then be 26.25 for Green Bay, 20.75 for the Niners. I'm not a betting man, but if I placed a bet, I think the Niners can have over 20.75 points as a team. I I think they're going to need to score touchdowns to stay in this one, and I don't think 21 or more points from San Fran is too much to ask. Injuries. MVS doubtful. I don't think he's going to play. He hurt his back week 18. He had the the bye week to rest and he's still not really practicing. He might not even show up at all in these playoffs. That's always concerning when a guy has a, a back injury that we don't know much about and he's not playing. Uh, Bakhtiari looks like he's going to be a full go and should play all the snaps this week. That's good for Rodgers in that O-line. Jerry Alexander, he's back. So very good for Green Bay to have one of the top cover corners in the NFL back. And then on the, the San Fran side, I was shocked. Nick Bosa, concussion, he's fine. Full participant in practice on Thursday. And then Fred Warner, who I feel like many were like, oh God, he is done for the playoffs. No, no, no. Fred Warner, also a full practice participant on Thursday. So that's very good news for the Niners defense. In terms of how I'm going to play this, uh, probably not that many Garoppolo stacks. I mean, Garoppolo, it's... I was talking about this with my my friend, uh, Dalton Cates. He's a very good Twitter follow as well. Look up Dalton Cates on Twitter. He and I were, were chatting. We had some wings the other night, and we were talking about like the, the mystery that is Jimmy Garoppolo, where the Niners' offense is very good. They score a lot of points. They have a lot of yards per play. But, I mean, if there was a quarterback allergic to fantasy points, it's got to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, it's always like a Debo jet sweep, Ayuk jet sweep, Mitchell touchdown. Like, there's just so many ways that they somehow manage to not let Jimmy get the passing touchdown. So uh, just probability-wise, probably going to have a lot less Jimmy than these other quarterbacks. We'll probably have a little bit of Garoppolo on DraftKings because he's only 5,200, but 6,500 on FanDuel, no thanks. I think he's kind of a DraftKings exclusive play based on the settings where you hope he gets 300 pass yards and that three-point bonus. In terms of uh, Niners, Kittle, he's been very disappointing. He has all the snaps, but not that many routes. Compared to Ayuk, similar number of routes compared to Debo, except that Debo is commanding targets. The last few games, Debo, 20% target share these past three games with eight carries a game. So Debo, one in five, Jimmy, pass attempts goes to him, eight carries a game. That is just a ridiculous roll. And then Ayuk the last three games, 26% target share. He is the wide receiver one in this offense. Debo, the best fantasy asset in the passing game. Ayuk, the actual best receiving option. So... I think if you're stacking Garoppolo, probably want to have Ayuk and Debo in there. You could consider Kittle, consider Mitchell, but I think 
Ayuk, Debo, Jimmy, probably the my preferred double stack. You could always get cute with Jawan Jennings, who's actually had like more targets than Kittle the last three weeks. Very concerning for Kittle. Kittle, 15% target share the last three weeks. He's averaging two catches and 19 yards a game, which is just over four fantasy points a game when all is said and done. And then Elijah Mitchell. This is one of the biggest mismatches of the week. Elijah Mitchell has had 21 or more carries the last six games. And Green Bay is a bottom five run defense. That's very good. If the Niners can even keep it reasonably close, hard to see Mitchell at 5,800 DraftKings, 7,300 FanDuel. Hard to see him not doing well for his salary. On underdog, I think I hit his rushing line in the 70s yesterday. I would still hit the over on that. I think it's at 80 and a half. Very difficult to see Mitchell not getting his customary 21 plus carries and, and being fairly efficient with them. Also on the other end, uh, the Niners are kind of an average pass defense, maybe a touch above average at this point, but they have an elite run defense. Football Outsiders DVOA thinks they were number two on the season behind the Saints. And I think that sets up nicely when the the Packers may have to lean more on Rodgers and we know there's no MVS. There's no Robert Tunyon at this point. Cobb, fresh off the injury, fresh off a stint on injured reserve. I mean, the the stacks write themselves. Like Rodgers, Adams, Lazard, we could see 50% of the targets go to those two, maybe more. Or maybe go Rodgers, Adams, Cobb. You could even go Rodgers, Adams, Lazard, Cobb. It's very easy to fit that in salary-wise. We could see Rodgers have just a field day. We know how lethal he's been and how efficient he's been all season. And if they struggle to get things going with Jones and Dylan, maybe that means we even see a lot more of Aaron Jones in the passing game. Jones, throw him into your stack. So you could have something like Rodgers, Jones, Adams, which a lot of people don't like to have that much salary invested in one team. But again, it's a four game slate. You can do it. So I think if I'm going to not play as much of one guy, I probably wouldn't play quite as much of Dylan when he's just a little bit more of the traditional up the middle running back against an elite pass defense. Whereas Jones, they try and get him outside and space a little more, more targets. So I think Jones, the preferred DFS option, if I had to choose between those two. Dylan, very inexpensive though. Jones is uh, significantly more expensive. It's like 1500 plus more expensive on both platforms, but I'm not that worried about salary this week. I just want to identify the few players that can go boom and get you 25 or more fantasy points where you must have them in your optimal lineup. Jones much more likely, in my opinion, to do that than Dylan. And I think my two favorite players in this one would be Adams and Mitchell. I mean, we Devontae Adams' target share has been over 30% all season. He's had so many games of 30 or more fantasy points the last uh, few seasons, and we know that the, the Packers are going to have to pass to win. And then on the other end, I think the key to victory for the Niners will be in the run game with Mitchell. Third game on the slate, we've got Rams at the Buccaneers, 48 and a half point game total, Bucks favored by three, 25.75 implied points for the Bucks, 22.75 implied points for the Rams. Now there's a few injuries to be aware of. Andrew Whitworth, the 40 year old tackle for the Rams. He's been he's still good, but he's out, he's injured. Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen, tackle and center for the Buccaneers, have not practiced all week. Very concerning. Good chance neither plays. And O-line health has been a big part of success for the Buccaneers. They've had a relatively healthy offensive line all season. Brady has basically, just he's been untouched a lot of these games. Taken so few sacks, been hit and pressured so few times. 
that is very concerning for him when the Buccaneers are facing Aaron Donald. So if you're going to have a backup center and a backup left tackle and you're facing the Rams front seven, this could be a mismatch. Same thing on the other end where the, the Buccaneers strength of their defense is their front seven. And we don't have Whitworth on the Rams because he's already ruled out. So two patchwork offensive lines against two dominant front sevens. If I had to choose a game that just busts for DFS and it ends up being like 17-13, I probably would have to say this is the game that has the highest potential to be unwatchable. Again, I'm not fading this game in that like I'm still going to have some Brady and Stafford double and triple stacks, but just with the, the trenches mismatches on both ends, I could see that happening this week. Also of note, Rashad Perriman, Cyril Grayson, receivers for the Bucks have not practiced all week. Uh, maybe Scott Miller gets some extra snaps. Tyler Johnson, probably the de facto wide receiver too, though. He's kind of like the poor man's poor man's Tyler Boyd, where it's like the the slot, like a slot type guy. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to play. If he's going to be on the outside in the slot. All I know about Tyler Johnson is he's slow. He's not running the most impressive routes. And I mean, if you really want like three for 40 in this game, sure. Tyler Johnson's your guy. He can always catch a touchdown. But I think what I'm really looking at with the Buccaneers is I think you just go two of Fournette, Gronk, and Evans. That's the the big three there. And then I think that's when you mix in if you want to get a third guy in there, maybe you go with Geo. So it's like Geo, Evans, Gronk, something like that. You can mix in a little Tyler Johnson. You can mix in the Scott Miller and say, hey, maybe Miller plays some more snaps in this one with no Perriman, no Grayson. We've seen uh, a lot of long touchdowns for Miller where, I mean, with this kind of slate, if Miller gets one catch for 40 yards and a touchdown, that can be all that you need. So that's kind of my thoughts on the Buccaneers side. And then on the Rams side with Stafford, I mean... Hard to go away from Acres. Acres is just so inexpensive. Acres, 5,500 DraftKings, 5,700 on FanDuel. And then Cooper Cup, also 8,600 DraftKings, 9,500 FanDuel. The price is coming down a little bit. And I think that's really nice because did Cup perform for fantasy this past week against the Cardinals? No, I'm not going to lie and say he did. But think about that game environment. I mean, the, the Rams were running by two, three, four touchdowns at all times. And Cooper Cup ended up having over a 40% target share. That's what happens when Stafford throws the ball 17 times. So just imagine if Stafford throws the ball twice as often and he throws 34 times. That's not out of the question. He could throw 40 times against the Buccaneers. It's a good run defense, bad pass defense. And that's how we could see Cooper Cup hit big in this one. Yes, he's expensive, but it's not like he's dead. The guy just had over 40% of his team's targets. Relax. OBJ also had almost 25% of his team's targets in this last game. Higby commanding a ton of targets. So I think you take two to three of Stafford with Akers, Cup, OBJ, Higby. Van Jefferson at this point is running fewer routes than those guys, and he's commanding almost no targets. He was even benched that one game. So at this point, it does seem like Van Jefferson is less of a part of the game plan. So I would use him sparingly, hoping for the deep touchdown pass. He's 4,200 on DraftKings. I prefer him on FanDuel at 5,500, where he's closer to the min price on FanDuel. And where, because he's not a high volume guy, you just need a long touchdown for him to pay off on a half PPR platform with no yardage bonuses like FanDuel. Also, oh yeah, one other note is Higby's actually less expensive on both platforms than Van Jefferson. And like, I don't flex tight ends that often, but like if I had to choose flexing between them, I'd flex Higby over Van Jefferson. Higby's committing like 20% of the targets. He had a two touchdown game a couple weeks back. Like they really trust Higby at this point and he's playing really well. So that's why I think he is in my double stack rotation much more so than Van Jefferson. 
And let me take a sip of water. And then I know you want to, you want to hear a little bit about cam acres. So we'll talk about the role progression in just a second for cam acres. All right. So week 18 cam acres, 20% snap share, five carries, seven routes, three targets. Week 19, I expected a roll increase. However, I, I think underdog made a lot of money on the acres rush yard prop. It was like 31 and a half yards. And I was telling everyone, you got to hit that under. The guy just had five carries for, I think it was five carries for three yards. And I was like, he's only getting a few carries. I don't really know what to expect from 31 and a half rushing yards for what's probably the backup running back seems really high. And then Akers made all of us look foolish that we're touting that line. Akers went from 20% of the snaps to 45% of the snaps this past week and from five to 17 carries, six months removed from tearing his Achilles. Akers had 17 carries. My goodness. We are watching medical history right now. He also ran six routes. He had two targets, 95 total yards. Could have been an even bigger day for him. He was uh, underthrown on a pretty deep pass. He could have easily had a 20 fantasy point day. I love Akers, 5,500 DraftKings, 5,700 FanDuel. And then Michelle trending the opposite direction. You can't really play Michelle just very, very sparingly should you play him in DFS. Michelle went from an 80% snap share in week 18 down to a 46.5% snap share in week 19. He went from 21 to 13 carries from 28 to 9 routes. 58 total yards compared to Akers 95. So Akers out-touched him. And I think it's just going to go up from here. I mean, if them easing Akers in with a 45% snap share looks like 17 carries, 95 total yards, the, the sky's the roof. Akers could very easily break the slate. Easy to fit into your lineups. I mean, play a lot of Cam Akers. All right, we got the, the final game on tap now. The Bills at the Chiefs. 54-point game total. By far the highest out there. It's exciting to see. Chiefs favored by two. Home field advantage is usually round three. So that kind of means like the, the people up above, these Vegas people, kind of think the Bills are a better team than the Chiefs. And they, they might be right. I mean, the, the Bills are like basically like a top five offense, top 10, top five defense as well. Chiefs have actually been uh, recently like a top five offense and a top five defense as well. These teams are both loaded. I wish we could have seen this game next week. I mean, these are... I think these are the two best teams in the AFC. So it's very unfortunate. They could even be the two best teams in all of football right now. It wouldn't shock me. These teams are elite. We've got the team totals implied are 28 for Kansas City, 26 for the Bills. That sounds like a lot of fantasy points. Daryl Williams did not practice this week because of the toe. He was benched last week, partly due to the fumble, probably partly due to he wasn't fully healthy. So no Daryl Williams. The decision point to make now is Jarek McKinnon or Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I am going with Jarek McKinnon. So on DraftKings, CEH 5,200, McKinnon 4,800. Uh, on FanDuel, CEH 5,700, McKinnon just above at 6,000. Either way, McKinnon, I think, is the far better play. Week 19, McKinnon seemed to come out of nowhere. He went from a 30% snap share in week 18 to a an 80% snap share. He had 12 carries, 25 routes. Six targets, six catches, a touchdown, 142 total yards, over 26 fantasy points. He was the RB1 in fantasy last week. We've never seen CEH get anywhere near 26 fantasy points in a game. I prefer McKinnon. We know he's fully healthy. CEH, yes, he's been a full practice participant, but he's underwhelmed week after week. I mean, even when he and Daryl Williams would split work, like Daryl Williams is still getting more receiving work, which we know is more fantasy points. And Daryl Williams was still getting a lot of the goal line carries. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is just like, 
a zero for fantasy at this point. He's not efficient. He's not good in the receiving game for fantasy. He's not getting all the goal line carries. I would rather play McKinnon. Very strong showing. We just don't quite know how healthy CEH is, and he's just been bad all season. The other thing is, I put in this in a tweet, was like the, the receiving upside of these Chiefs running backs. All three of Daryl, Jarek McKinnon, and Derek Gore have had games with more than twice as many receiving yards as Alaire's season high. Clyde Edwards Alaire, no more than 29 receiving yards or three catches in any game this year. Even the lowly Derek Gore had more than double that receiving yardage in one of his games this year. Receiving zero in the receiving game for supposed receiving back Clyde Edwards Alaire. It's not what you want to see for DFS. Now, with Mahomes, probably doing two to three guys mixed in with him. I like McKinnon, Hill, Kelsey, Pringle. You can throw a little Meikle Hardman and Demarcus Robinson there, but I really like going just the total onslaught on this game. Lean into that high game total and go, oh, you're all playing Mahomes. You're all playing Josh Allen in this tournament. Me too. I'm just playing it more aggressively than you are. I mean, Mahomes with McKinnon, Hill, Kelsey, or like McKinnon, Hill, Pringle, Hill, Kelsey, Pringle. Like there's a lot you can do there and just overload Patrick Mahomes. We just saw him throw for what, 400 yards, five touchdowns. Think about all the fantasy points there. It's pretty consolidated. I mean, I had two top 10 finishes in the FanDuel six game tournament this past week. And with Mahomes, both of the, or so one of the ones that hit was Mahomes, Pringle, Kelsey. The other one that hit was Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey. That's a lot of salary, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey. And it hit on a six game slate. So you can bet your bottom dollar that I'm going to have triple stacks now with Mahomes. Let's push the envelope. On the Josh Allen side, we also saw him with the five touchdown passes. And I think you go Allen with two of Singletary, Diggs, Knox, Gabe Davis, and Isaiah McKenzie. You can rotate in a little Emmanuel Sanders. I think the guy to fade here is Beasley. Davis is just really cheap on FanDuel. So even though Davis kind of looked like maybe he was sort of a part-time player, a little hard to get a read on some of these snap counts and route counts last week because they just demolished the Patriots. They put up 47 points against them. So it's a little tough to interpret, but I think what's important is Beasley ran seven routes. Isaiah McKenzie ran nine. So already we've got the routes advantage for McKenzie. And on top of that, McKenzie got three carries as well. So if McKenzie can get three to four catches and two to four carries, he can really pay off. McKenzie's inexpensive. 3,500 DraftKings, 4,800 FanDuel. So if you're getting a guy that's that inexpensive, really hard to pass him up when we know that he can get some carries. We saw him have a 30 fantasy point week during the regular season. He's incredibly explosive. So I think McKenzie's a really fun play. Uh, We had Diggs with 21 routes, Dawson Knox with 22 this past week. And then we had Singletary was third with 17 routes, then Sanders with 15. Singletary is just, the role is outrageous. It doesn't matter what any of us think about the player. If, If the guy's getting 16 carries and Moss is getting one, and Singletary is running 17 routes and Moss runs one route, you have to go with Singletary. He's the total bell cow. And I mean, especially DraftKings when you're getting a, a bell cow who has a lot of receiving work. 5,900 for Singletary on uh, maybe the best offense right now in football. It's egregious. He's averaging over 24 PPR points a game these last three weeks. Singletary, incredible upside, as crazy as that sounds. So with this game, I really like the total onslaught. Everyone's playing this game. It doesn't take much skill to be like, oh, 54 point game total. It's Mahomes. It's Josh Allen. They combined for 10 touchdown passes last week. That's why the onslaught's important. So it might look something like 
Mahomes, McKinnon, Hill, Pringle. Run it back with uh, Singletary and Knox or Singletary and Diggs. Like, you're going to want to get creative. You're going to want to have a lot of exposure to this game. If you're doing 150 entries in a tournament, I think I'd probably want to, I think I'm going to have around 75 of my 150 just this game. And then the other 75 I'll have divvied up for those other three games. This, I think, is really, truly the premier game to target, as everyone expects. Hard to see this game failing. Bold predictions time. I'll get you out of here. It's it's pretty, pretty simple. I think Kansas City-Buffalo, very good candidate for 80 points in that game. We've just consistently seen this year, prior seasons, that the good offense can beat a good defense. I mean, we just saw Allen. Josh Allen had seven straight touchdown drives. Patrick Mahomes set an NFL record with five touchdown passes in 10 minutes and 30 seconds of game clock. Like, holy shit. It, it makes your mind spin to think about how did the Steelers get some kind of possessions in there and Mahomes had five touchdowns in 10 and a half minutes of game clock. That is the premier matchup. Don't overthink it. I'm going to play a lot of that matchup. And like, let's say that that matchup duds out. Because I love when people try to expose me for a cold take and they're like, oh, you like this matchup and it sucked. Like, oh, you... I can't believe you cost me money. Hey, my money too. Like I, I play exactly how I tell you guys I'm going to play. What I instruct is exactly what I'm doing myself. So that's why like I posted my, my three good lineups from that FanDuel tournament. They were all double stacks with a run back. I was heavily correlated. I'm going to be heavily correlated again. A couple other predictions. I think the upset this week is Rams over Tampa Bay. I know the Niners over the Packers is kind of like the fun trendy one, but man, the, the Packers are just such a good team. And I always defer to the good quarterback. And Rodgers has that huge edge over Garoppolo. Tough to see Rodgers making a lot of mistakes. Pretty easy to see Garoppolo making some mistakes that cost them the game. But the, the Buccaneers likely down two of their five starting offensive linemen this week against that ferocious front seven with Aaron Donald. I, I think the Rams upset the Buccaneers. Give Akers two touchdowns. Aaron Donald, we'll give him the strip sack. I think that's how this one's going to go. And then lastly, I think... When we're, we're getting exposure to this Bengals-Titans game, I think a fun way to do it is if you're stacking up another game and you have some salary, so uh, maybe you go Mahomes with McKinnon, Pringle, Kelsey, and you have a lot of salary left over after that. A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase, I think they combined for 300 yards. Not even trying to hot take. We just, Chase is the focal point of that pass offense. We saw a big game, must win playoff spot. Jamar Chase is like, the passing offense. And then with AJ Brown, we've seen him take over so many of these games. I think the the preference of the Titans would probably be, I know Henry's handled contact well, supposedly according to, to Vrabel and the, in these, uh, what the beat reporters are reporting on. But I think all else equal they they do not want the big dog to get 30 carries if possible with the plate in his foot. So I really like AJ Brown, Jamar Chase as the, some nice skinny correlation to toss into any lineup that you can afford it. That is all. Let's make this hopefully a profitable divisional round for DFS. Thank you, everyone.